Amen. Well, Jesus sat when he taught, so I just want to be like Jesus today, okay? Uh, in all honesty, I'm doing this on purpose, not for um, semantics or theatrics, but um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Chad, and I'm the, one of the pastors here. Um, I'm just your brother, amen? Everyone say, Brother Chad. I'm not closer to God than you are, amen? There's one man, Jesus Christ, who's the mediator between God and mankind, and all of us have equal opportunity and access to the Father through Jesus in one spirit. Amen. So the only reason I have my role is not for me. It's to equip and empower us to reach our full redemptive potential in Christ Jesus, amen? And did you know that the people to your right and your left are instruments in God's hand to accomplish that purpose. No one likes that. <laughs> the people to your right and your left are probably, besides the Bible and the Holy Spirit, the primary tools in God's hand to form the life of Christ in you. And so today, I, have a me I had a message. This isn't one of those random God gave me in the last minute, because that can be flippant. I'm not saying that flippantly. But as we prepare for holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas, that word will wait. I want to be a pastor, pastory chatty today. Many times, I'm very fiery and passionate, and it's all about Jesus and the gospel and give him everything, and that is still going to be a theme today. But I want to read a few passages that are extended. Is that okay if we read the Bible in the house of the Lord today? Yes. In fact, it was one of the primary ways that like, people have experienced the Bible for thousands of years. It wasn't an hour-long sermon. It was extended periods of listening to the scriptures read and rehearsed and told as story. And how many believe that if this thing is read, the, the word has capacity to do things that no human words can do? And so, amen. We, I know, I know you, are, you guys are already so spiritual, but I'm, as I'm gonna do what we're gonna do, it's gonna be a little different but different is good on occasion, amen? And so when I think about what you're gonna experience over these next few days, whether you're single or you're married or you, are, you have friends or um, colleagues at work, whether you're traveling or staying at home, when I think about all of the emails I've been getting for 30 days about Black Friday sales, and Cyber Monday, and whatever you don't need but think you need Tuesday. You guys don't get those emails too and mailers. And before the whole season gets hijacked by Caesar or by whatever, my hope is to anchor us to be in a posture of receptivity to what the Spirit is doing in this season so that you're able to partner with him in maybe the hardest soil that many of us experience in our family units, be it biological or extended or friends or the random uncle that maybe had too much to drink. 
Nobody has the random, okay, forget it. That must be the other group, but. And so when, 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 as I just sat with the good shepherd, Pastor Jesus, the apostle, the, the, the prototypical perfect leader, Jesus, I felt his compassion and his passion for you and actually for me too. And so I just, I wanna talk about whatever you think your assignment for Jesus is over the next 35 or so days, I wanna give you a framework, I wanna give you hope that anything he wants to call you to do, he actually wants to do with you, go before you, go behind you, go beside you, do things that your talent, ability, articulation, service could never accomplish apart from God. And I wanna anchor all of our hopes and settle all of our hearts in God's ability to accomplish thing when his word goes forth that doesn't need our muscle, it doesn't need our glitz or our glamour, it just needs a vessel to receive and to flow. How many already feel a little pressure begin to lift off? If that's really how good this scenario is, that we, we're partners. Aren't you thankful that Advent reminds us that we're not the main actor of the story. The story revolves around King Jesus. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna read, they are extended passages, okay? So get your Bibles, your smartphones, whatever you need. We're gonna start in Isaiah 55. And then we're gonna go to Mark chapter four. And I'm only gonna make a few comments. My hope, oh my goodness, if these two passages stayed open in your quiet time in the morning and at your noon, like if you just, man, what if we as a church memorize Isaiah 55? I think it's 13, oh, it's 13 verses. We could do that between now and the new year. A verse a day? A verse, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And so let's posture ourselves right now as students of the word and as sons and daughters of Abba Father, amen? amen. And Papa's in the house, amen? He, we're, we're supposed to call him Abba. And Abba wants to speak a word over his family before his family has the capacity to get really distracted and honestly discouraged or disgruntled before the craziness of what is the next 35 days, the Father wants to speak to us. And when he speaks, he always invites. Did you know even his rebuke and discipline are an invitation to more wholeheartedly experience the life that his son died and rose to give you? Even his rebuke is an invitation. What a word. Isaiah 55, Holy Spirit, I pray just over these next few minutes that the word, the Bible, the same Holy Spirit that, that, that burned in the hearts of the prophets, the same Holy Spirit that burned in the hearts of the apostles, 
the early followers of Jesus with that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead, that same Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher today as we hear your, your, your word read aloud? Okay, here we go. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God. The Holy One of Israel, hear this word, saints, for he has endowed you with splendor. What's the invitation? And what? Come, and what else do we do? By listening, what are we doing? We're feasting, we're eating the true bread. Everyone say, true bread. Come, listen, and is this true bread, it is so good, no, no matter the amount of money or resources you try to down payment or go in debt on credit cards, you try to get the newest, glitziest, glamorous thing, it is so good and so satisfying, you can't afford it. You can't use your resources to get it. It's a gift. Everyone say, it's a gift. <laughs> but it's a gift for those who listen and who responds to the invitation to come. I love that in verse four and five. So the promise is to Jesus, but because Jesus is so good, he includes us in on the promise, amen? amen. And so that promise right there that he wants to endow you, he, do you think that if you're a spirit-filled, born-again believer that God wants to put his splendor on display in and through your life this season? How do you get that splendor? By being a listener. One who more and more readily responds to the invitation to come close to the one who is radiant in beauty and glory. Amen. So listen. Key word. Listen, 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 listen. Surely, what's that business? You'll summon nations you know not. What if, what if that applies to our families that don't know Jesus or that have walked away? 
What if the splendor on your life, by virtue of you posturing yourself to be a listener, one who feasts on the bounty and beauty of Jesus, what if that splendor is so attractive this holiday season that he will be found by those who weren't even seeking him? It's in the Bible, right? He says, for he's endowed you with splendor. The first line of, of fulfillment is obviously the servant of David, Jesus. But how many know that when you see his glory, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, that glory gets on you? That his glory is the pregnant hope, Colossians 1, 27, of every, every believer and disciple of Jesus. So that glory is... It's spectacular, it's attractive, it woos and it draws. How many want to steward that in the days, weeks, months ahead? The glory, the glory. It says in Hebrews chapter 2, 8 through 12, that Jesus' primary mission was to restore sons and daughters to glory. Just go read it. And the way he did that was through the suffering, self-emptying, sacrificial death. His His humanity was marred beyond human recognition so that through his grace, he could restore us to a place of glory by virtue of relationship with God. He wants that glory, that splendor. It's like a bride on her wedding day. There's a glow, there's a a radiance, there's a beauty. Friends, he wants us to walk in that radiance especially in the next 35 plus every day. But you get what I'm saying as we posture ourselves before the season. How many believe that's our everyone's invitation to steward, listen, come, be satisfied in the only one who can satisfy. Let that splendor begin to permeate and then mediate. Amen. Okay, this is good. Seek, verse six, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Can someone say amen for the good news? So, What do I do with verse six and seven? Well, that's your prayer point all Advent season. God, let those I love and I have even an ounce of influence with, let them seek you and find you. Those two verses are fodder. They're fuel for the fire of intercession and hope that the gospel is such good news that he's able to take the most crooked, bent in on itself, bound and broken sinner, but when he draws near, he can be found. We can forsake our wicked ways and receive a free pardon, a gift of life. These two verses are actually the whole flow, all found by those that know not. These are all connected. How many want to take these into prayer every morning at noon and at night during this holiday season? Because we will be surrounded by people that need to know God can be found if they'd seek him. That God can forgive if they'll forsake their wicked ways. That there is a free gift. There is salvation they could never earn or get themselves to by mere, their own merit or effort. But it comes to us as gift through God's faithful servant, the son of David, Jesus Christ. 
for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Verse 8, neither are your ways my ways, <laughs> declares the Lord. We'll skip that one. That's, that's too humbling for everyone in the room. How many think God has creative ways to reach people that you would deem or write off as unreachable in this season? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. I judge, I condemn, I write off and write out, not God. Thank you, Jesus. Right? I show love and affection when you do what I think you need to do. God loves us while we were still sinners, and we were far from God, and we didn't deserve it. He loved us at our lowest, not at our best. Whereas in my family and in our families, it's so easy to be transactional. Praise God, he is redemptive. He doesn't ignore our mess. He takes our mess into him, and he offers us forgiveness. He says, there's a better way. If you'll give me your mess, I will give you life. This week, I, I, was, I literally was almost shaken to tears. I was a total stinker to my wife on Monday, and I don't glorify my stinkiness, okay? But I'm just being honest. Um, I was just, I, it was just a bad day, okay? And I was going to prepare for a prayer meeting, so it was doubly bad. And I was a little, stra- I forget it. And I, I, there's no reason, there's no excuses. Come on, someone say Amen. You always have the ability to partner with the Holy Spirit to not be stinky. I don't care what you say. We always do. We, don't, we won't always, but we always have an opportunity to not be stinky. We don't always take the opportunity. I don't always take the opportunity. Praise God. So I, uh, I, yeah, I knew eventually I was going to text my wife or call her and apologize. And so I texted this beautifully written very poetic apology. And here's what my wife said. This was unbelievable. I, I, it struck me with such a gospel f- f- tip. I mean, it cut through my hard heart. I mean, what she responded, so mine was, blah, blah, blah. I'm so sorry. I love you. Blah, 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 blah. 10 back rubs, 20-minute foot rub, do all that. I didn't say any of that. She wouldn't buy that. So I do this long apology, and she said this, and I, it struck me, because she knows me better than anyone in this room. She said, Chad, I knew all of that, that that's what you were processing and thinking. I was able to let your stinky behavior go, because I could see through, I could see through it to know your true heart. Now, she did not, she didn't, I was wrong, okay? The jury, the gavel dropped. I was mean. I was stinky. My wife was in the spirit to see that's not really who I am. She made an allowance, not because that behavior was acceptable, but she knew beyond the motives and the messaging and the method, she saw my potential. And in her, I literally, that was, the, that was a demonstration of while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm telling you, I was in my office, and when I got her text back, I bowed low to go, is that what you do every time I say I'm sorry? To Jesus. <laughs> You were a knucklehead. I know you were having a bad day. How do you know his thoughts are not our thoughts? 
And so many times when we write ourselves out of the story, there is a father who has the long game in mind when he looks at you and me, and he loves us through it. And you and I will be tested on that this holiday season. Can I get an amen? Where I want to retaliate in the flesh because of a son or daughter's arrogance or, or a weirdness of the uncle. I'll want to retaliate with the person who's in line in front of me and there's only two toys left for my grandson. Come on, somebody say amen. And we will be perpetually just confronted with, will I allow the thoughts that are higher than the thoughts I'm currently having, the truer thoughts, the thoughts that are in God's heart from a perfect love heart mindset, long game, long game in mind, or will I let my temporary fleshly give me what I want now thoughts to override the true reality, which is all of us are a work in progress, and, but for the grace of God, so am I. That does not belittle sin, Give me a break. But it levels the playing field and it causes us to pause before we enter into no doubt the chaos and some of the conversations we're about to have in the next 35 days that will have two options. Will you enter it with my thoughts or with your thoughts? And my wife, when I got that text on Monday, she was tapped in to the thoughts that were higher than my thoughts that morning. And because someone was listening to God and released those words in perspective, it melted this broken husband's heart. It melted my heart. It was a two-line text. My wife's not a woman of many words, but it was power-packed because it came from a place planted from gospel seed and soil instead of fleshly seed and soil. How many believe you and I will have a thousand opportunities to do that for others this holiday season? Let me say that again, because there was not, did you understand the question? How many believe that you will have an opportunity if you're listening the whole first eight verses, if you've turned from wicked ways, if you've sought the Lord and found him, if you have been feasting on the bread you can't buy, drinking the wine you can't afford, drinking of the well that you could never get to, but Christ is the one who drilled all the way down to unlock the salvation well of Isaiah 12. If you're satisfied in that, you will have an opportunity to release God's thoughts instead of the thoughts that are happening and permeating. And I was just the recipient of it on Monday through a text message exchange through the one who could have called me on the carpet and been fully justified, but instead she's like, I knew that already, and I love you. I didn't hold it against you. Oh. See, that doesn't make me want to manipulate the grace card. It makes me want to show up to the plate the next day and to go at it again and say, she's worth it. Come on. When we're loved like that, when someone's walking in the thoughts that are not my thoughts, but God's perspective, how many believe we need God's perspective, not occasionally, all the time, because we are inundated with a fleshly perspective, and, and we're, we're constantly called to orient around the agendas, the schemes, the narratives, the plans of culture, but Christ's people are called to rise above, not in a pharisaical like self-righteousness, but so that we have something life-giving to con contribute to the conversation and reality. And you and I will need to ascend in order to thoughtfully and redemptively participate in the season before us. 
Did you hear that sentence? You and I will need to ascend before we enter into the conversations. How many are provoked already? I, I, I will need, listen, because so many of us, I love, I love holidays, I love days off, I, I love it. But, but, but I, and, I, and I encourage it, I encourage rest. I encourage rest, I encourage lots of beautiful food. Come on, somebody. But what I, what, I, what I beseech you is holidays, it's easy to, to, to ignore the first seven verses of the give ear, come near, feast on me first. You're going to need to be filled with Jesus for the next two, month and a half. Are you, are you understand me? So yes, our schedules are gonna bend and they're gonna get a little flex and, and that's a, God, praise God. But in the midst of it, maintain your altar in your heart, amen? Give ear, come to me. Listen, you need oil in your jar this holiday season. Amen. You're going to need kingdom perspective when you get the emails. Do I need it? Should I really go in debt for that cool gizmo for my... Yeah. I'm talking to myself. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. How many are thankful that he, he sees a bigger, more glorious picture? Can we just say amen to that? And by the way, you have access to that beautiful mind. It's called the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians 2.16. You can be renewed in the attitude of your mind, Ephesians 2.24, if you agree with it. And if you participate in its renewal. By the offering of yourself, Romans 12.1 through 2, you can know what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of the Father. Amen? So many of us, verse 8, we're like, oh, of course, his thoughts. But he's like, no, no, no. I want to share 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. I want to share my thoughts with you. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Sir. Yes, they're higher. Praise God. So ascend and receive and partner with releasing God's thoughts and agenda this season. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Sure. Come on, somebody. I love the, I love the Bible. I love, I love it. Yay, Jesus. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain, I, this is so good, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So it is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Can we just take a deep breath at that moment? If I'm listening, if I'm feasting, I'm just responding to this epic invitation. And then when he gives me his words and I share them humbly, whose responsibility is to bring those words to fruition? Yours. So you should feel really guilty until it happens. Wrong. Whose job is it? Someone answer the question. This is a rhetorical question. Who will accomplish his purpose if you'll just be the vessel through which his word can flow? 
Man, how many can say a big fat hallelujah to that? Because how many could just live guilty your whole life? When are they going to get it? When's my son? When's my daughter? When's my neighbor? When's the weird uncle? How about you and I just be winsomely faithful to when he speaks to release it and trust that the power in God's word will never return void. It will work its purpose. Amen. It just will. That should free us and liberate us from so much pressure to make something happen this holiday season. You be a listener, a feaster, attentive, a seeker, an intercessor. Keep oil in your jar. Agree with the thoughts that are from him, not you. Release the word when he speaks and trust that when that word goes forth, there is one who knows what to do with it that you will never understand how he does it, but he will do it. He's going to accomplish purposes this season that did not need your backache or muscle or, or, uh, or exhaustion or guilt complex. He wants to do things if you'll just do, if we'll just do our little part. He knows what to do when his word is released. Amen? Oh, that's so liberating. I, it's so good. I want to believe it. Do you want to believe that? I want to believe that. That God is the one who will accomplish it. Say that with me. God is the one who will accomplish it. Well, should I just be lazy and God's just going to do it all? You've missed the whole point of the whole 11 verses then. He's looking for a partner who participates and then trusts. Amen? God, I've been sowing seed a long time. You may be thinking to yourself, I've been sowing so much seed. Well, guess what? He's got more seed in his bottomless bag. Keep casting. Come on, someone say that. I'm going to keep casting. I'm going to keep casting. You never know. A random two-sentence text could be the arrow that he shoots from his bow to sever your cold, indifferent, prideful heart and melt you. And I didn't lift my wife up when I got the text. I was able to see Jesus in and through, above and over my wife's, not my thoughts, but his thoughts. And it melted my heart in repentance. What if that happened this season, folks? We just did, we, we lived in that just yoke, that beautiful yoke with Jesus. We're not in a hurry. We refuse to buy into the busyness, the craziness. And when he speaks, we speak. And what if all around us, he begins to just shoot his loving arrows into hard hearts? It begins to melt the heart of stone. Has anyone in this room ever been melted by the love of God? Am I the only one? Now tell me this, if he did that for you, could he do it with others? Okay, good answer. All right, this is it, this is it, the end. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. Oh, I wanna just declare this over our families, friendships, networks, relationships. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. You ever see, like imagine uh, C.S. Lewis, or 
Use your sanctified imagination. Imagine those who are so satisfied in Jesus, they're, they're thinking God's thoughts. They've sought him, they've found him, they've turned from their wicked ways. They're looking and leaning on his servant, the son of David. They're just, it's all about Jesus. And everywhere you go, it's like um, the Wizard of Oz or something, like where you step, it goes from black and white to color. Is, did that connect with anybody? I'm trying to think of a movie where it does that, where there's a, it's a black and white scene, and then someone steps into it, and it just explodes with life. That's the picture here. Those who just do what he's, who's, who's, who's in alignment with the first 11 verses, when you go out, joy, the mountains start clapping around you. Oh, that's so cool to me. Trees are going to start clapping. Here come the redeemed. Here come those who are feasting on the living bread. Here they come. Those who, this, they're clothed with the splendor of verse 5. They're seeking God. They're finding him. They're agreeing with his thoughts. They're ascending before entering into the mess and the chaos of everyone's agenda and opinion. And when we move in that posture, friends, songs are going to begin to break out around our tables. Hallelujah. Come on. Okay. Yes. Whatever. Instead of the, oh, come on, this is someone's grumpy aunt. Instead of the thorn bush, we'll grow the juniper. I don't even know what that means. I have, I have like seven commentaries on Isaiah. I'm sure that's a good thing. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. There, this will be for the Lord, come on, someone say it. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Amen. Amen. How many want to revisit Isaiah 55? Please just, just answer yes. Let's revisit this over this next season. Yes, Come to me. Listen to me. Lean into me. Yes. Find out what I'm thinking. Yes. Do you think God thinks things? Yes. He just happens to think Philippians 4.8, everything that's good, beautiful, true, right, excellent, praiseworthy, noble. He's got all sorts of thoughts. Psalm 139, read it. Beautiful thoughts, beautiful thoughts. He's amazing, and he wants to share his thoughts with us this season. How many believe that he wants to share what he thinks, what he sees, what he feels, what he's up to, and he'll show us things that if we were the ones who were, the ones who were asked, is it possible, we'd probably say no, but he's the God who raises the dead. Amen? Last passage. I was going to read all of Mark 4, but everyone's going to be grumpy at me. Just go read all of Mark 4, please, for gracious me. It's so good, and it's all related. It's all about hearing, by the way. There's a theme this morning. Everyone say, there's a theme this morning. Hear, listen, come. Okay, this parable jumped out of nowhere. I was on a conference call. Of course, it was this 75 or something-year-old pastor who's been, he's very sort of kind of famous, he was talking to all of us young pastors. In a way that only a mid-70-year-old faithful brother could. And he goes, I want to talk to you about a parable. Oh, I'm just going to read it. You ready? Someone needs to hear this story and receive the freedom that comes from just partnering with Jesus. Okay, we don't ever talk. We always talk about the parable of the sower. Who remembers the parable of the sower? Amen. 
Four types of soil. We love it. I'm not going to preach that one. It's too good. It's all good. Okay? But that's a great one. But this little one gets way less attention, but it's such good news. I want to pray. Holy Spirit, show us it. Let us cherish it and believe it in this season. All right. Verse 26. Are you ready? He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, say that with me, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And it was so amazing, friends, this, old, this beautiful older brother looked at all of us young pastors on Zoom, and he said, sow the seed, and then go to bed, and then get up, and then sow, to, sow the seed, go to bed. And if you're a pat, maybe you didn't get the weight of that, but for all of us who, like, you're like, Chad, what do you do? You only work Sundays. I, <laughs> it's hard. I'm not like Brother Aaron who works construction and you can go follow him on a job site. Much of a, a, a spiritual leader's shepherds is mental, emotional, spiritual. It's, it's a different kind of weight, and it's not one weight is heavier than the other. So don't hear me. Please don't hear me, for goodness sake. I work construction for like six summers in a row. There's something glorious. There's something glorious about working with your body or, or being an artist or a teacher. But one of the main things pastors and leaders in the church world struggle with is trusting that if I'll just release the seed, I don't have to know how it really grows. He'll be faithful to cause it to grow. And I don't think this was just good news for pastors or leaders or preachers. I want to speak this good news over you this holiday season. Sow the seed, go to bed, wake up, and then sow more seed. Amen. I mean, I don't know if you're getting it. I just pray. Go back and just chew on this little story and why it's such good news. Let me tell you what the kingdom is not like. You make it happen. He, he, this, this older pastor, he's like, the, it, and you can just email me later. It never says, build my kingdom, establish my kingdom, or advance my kingdom. And I know, read it. And those are words we always use, and we mean it in a good sense, like partner with God. Everyone know what I mean? We mean it in a good sense. But actually, what every word Jesus says about the kingdom is see it, hear it, receive it, enter it. And, And the language matters, because in the build, establish, advance, it's all on my shoulders. But there is one king of the everlasting kingdom, King Jesus, who makes things happen. Do we see the difference between advance, build, and establish? Why this parable was such good news to me, and I pray it is such good news to you. Sow the seed. God's going to make it grow. Come on, someone say amen to that. Go to bed. Wake up. Sow the seed. The main actor is King Jesus. 
This does not propagate laziness or indifference. Sow the seed. And then trust me. And I don't know, if it, does anyone, is that resonating with anybody where you just have felt exhausted? You've been like beating your head against the wall for, gener- for 10 years, 15 years. Sow the seed, go to bed, get up, sow more seed. He is going to make the thing grow. Is that good news to anyone else besides me? If you think you have to make something happen, people will actually pick up on it. Amen? They just will. Are you, what, are you, what angle are you working? They may say that even if you don't have an agenda, for the record, because the enemy's a liar, stealer, killer, and destroyer. He, okay, that aside. But if you just sow and let go and let God, and that's not laziness, that's a, that's a pregnant hope that God's word is the, it's God's seed and God's word. I may plant or water. It's a mystery how it grows, but there's only one who makes it grow, God. How many want to receive a fresh bag of seeds this holiday season? Come on, who wants to receive the good news seeds, the glory of the gospel? Who wants to be present at every meeting, even the weird party at work or the... Who just wants to be present to God's presence Your ear has already been bent that early morning and you've been by the Spirit returning, returning, listening, feasting. My thoughts, you get back to Isaiah 55, are not yours, but I want to share mine with you. Amen. Amen. I'll be found by you if you seek me. My ways are higher, my thoughts are higher, and by the way, higher in this situation is synonymous with better. How many have tried your way? How about we try Yahweh? But Andrew, that was Pastor Andrew. That goes out to Andrew. And then this little parable. Read all of Mark 4 because all of the other parables feed into this one. But I just hope that's good news for you today. You can sow seed, go to bed. Someone needs to hear that this morning. Sow seed. Go to bed, get up. Papa, I need new seeds today. I depleted mine yesterday. He's like, son or daughter, I got you. I got all kinds of seed. He's an insatiable inviter. He loves the whole world. Amen. He's got enough seed for the world. How much more your marriage, your friendship, your relational networks, your colleagues at work, the random guy or gal at the store. I want these two passages specifically to form and fashion my participation in the kingdom of God over these next few weeks. How about you? I want them to form me I want him to fill, and I just want to hear my God. Come on, man. Amen. So let's just respond right now, just for a minute. The tenderness of the moment. 
I hope that, well, there I am again. I trust that his word is connected. Maybe corrected, maybe convicted, but I trust more than any that his word from this morning will accomplish the purpose that he sent it. And so right now, can we just pause and just say, yes, Holy Spirit. Just let's spend a few moments. Let's just give him And just, I don't know how to do it for you, but for me, Lord, I want, I, want my, I want you to fill my bag with good seeds. I want you to fill my mind with your thoughts. I want to be satisfied not by what the world can offer or the greatest gimmick or the shiniest thing, but I want to be satisfied in Jesus. I want the wine and the water and the milk that, that, that you want to give me free of charge if I'll just draw near and say yes to your invitation. I want to be in on what you're thinking. I want to be in on what you're saying and what you're seeing and what you're doing this season. And then more than anything, I want to joyfully just do my part and trust you with the relentless trust that you will accomplish things I could never accomplish on my own. So Lord, right now I pray for my entire spiritual family in this room and those online I pray you'd fill our bags with good news seeds. I pray you would give us brand new gospel seeds, the good news of God's love and mercy, the good news of what God has done in and through his son, King Jesus, the one who comes to us not when we get it all figured out, but in our mess, in the lowliness and brokenness of our reality. And he says, verse six of Isaiah 55, seek me, you'll find me. Forsake your wicked ways. I'll show you the new and living way. Call on me in your sin and I will freely pardon you. God, I pray, write this word on the hearts of your people. And then like the farmer, we wanna wake up, sow the seed, Go to bed with joy, trusting you're going to do things, God, because you're that good. And you're the king of the everlasting, unshakable, eternal kingdom. And of the increase of your government and reign, there will be no end. And so, God, we thank you for the participation of the king and his kingdom. We just simply ask in unison, pray this with me. Jesus, reign and rule in my life, over my life, and through my life. In your name, amen.